I'm Carly. <laughs> Why is this dude and I, Carly? We don't give a shit, Alex. We never once in our lives. I'm sorry. Sorry. Too much I Carly before watch it, uh, recording. It, it okay. catches up to you. You're such a um, Dan getting the Van Schneider enabler. Hello and welcome to Chester Cave Podcast, where we break down and review a movie while, you know, overall just trying to have a bit of fun along the way. Uh, I'm your host, Stroking Thomas Hughes. I'm Geeky Bear, aka Alex. And I'm depressed <laughs> because <laughs> there's no Megan Fox these fucking films. There's no reason why I like these films. And I'm going to cause chaos. Well, you were born in <laughs> chaos. Anyway, uh, today we're discussing Transformers Dark of the Moon, not Dark Side of the Moon, as I incorrectly stated last week. And it still sounds weird, Dark of the Moon. Oh no, Dark Side of the Moon sounds a lot better. A, I said Dark Side rolls off the tongue better, but Dark yeah. of the Moon just... just I kept saying Dark Side of the Moon yeah. the entire film. But yeah, it's just called Dark of the Moon. Oh well. Maybe uh, maybe DC got a bit of annoyed with Dark Side. Mm, no, it's just because they've weirdly decided to n- incorrectly name something. Uh, anyway, it was released in 2011, and just like his predecessor, it was obviously released two years after the, the previous instalment. Uh, the movie this time focuses on the Autobots finding an old ally on the dark side of the moon, and yeah, new enemies. Simple as explosions. New Autobots. Slow motion. No Megan Fox. <laughs> And no dogs for Alex. Uh, the no, movie was... Dog. Yeah, it's not your dogs that you like. Stop mojo. The movie was once again directed by Michael Bay, if you could not tell from the visuals in the movie, who directed The Island and The Rock. And not Dwayne The Rock Johnson, just the movie The Rock. Before Dwayne became a thing. Uh, no. How well a- well, well after. Me? Well after that. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's just get straight into this then, shall we? Uh, one thing, obviously, I pointed out in watching it is, you know, well, not just watching it, I mean, like, when we did the other ones as well. For me, this original trilogy, as I'm dubbing it, because it's, it's a trilogy, it was the one where it was, like, very consistent. Obviously, they changed the cast in this one, with both Makers and Fox 8, and obviously, Rose Hunting and Whitley, I believe her name was, something along that line. You know, Google it. Uh, her obviously replacing Fox this time around because of certain comments made on set. Uh, <laughs> but I still think the overall original trilogy is consistent. It's just anything after this is where it starts going down. So for me, it's the same feels I've had in the last two. Obviously, there's a lot more dodgy human CGI in this one. Obviously, it's not bad CGI. It's just noticeable, which kind of makes it bad, as you stated, Hayden. Because obviously, it's more human-based. Obviously, the robots look fantastic once again. It's just obviously, there's, as I said, the uh, JFK uh, scene at the start when they clearly see JFK's face onto somebody. That looked really noticeable and bad. Uh, obviously, every time Sam just flies in the air in slow motion, you can always tell it's not Sam. It's always, you know, CGI person. That looked a bit iffy. But other than those aspects, again, I think it's a good film. There's obviously a lot more carnage in this one. Because yeah. I think... Is the last battle like, the most like destruction we've had in this series so far in terms of buildings, yeah. people dying? Because people die in this movie. Yeah. We've yet to see really people die in the other ones. You see them get injured or get knocked aside, but we've never seen anyone like... Vaporised. <sighs> as Alex Literally. states, they literally get vaporised, which you never saw in any of the other ones, which 
it's kind of dark. No pun intended, because it's a movie that has darker the moon in the name. Ha <laughs> 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 kill me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do enjoy this entry. It, it is the last fun entry for a while, sadly. Anyone want to chime mm. in? <laughs> um, I so the one thing that I found with this film though is that I think it goes on a little bit too long. And say so is up to this point, it is the longest by yeah ten minutes, I believe. Ten minutes. It, Wait till next week. It's an extra ten minutes yeah. on top of this ten minutes. It does feel like it kind of drags on a little bit, but that's that was one. That, of the, that was one of the major criticisms by critics was it yeah. was too long. But other than that, I think it was all right. It was. It's not perfect. There are way better film, better like Transformer films out there. There are um, some way better films it, as well. And also, with the Megan Fox, it does impact the like actual. Was actually caring for this new character, the new love interest, because that's all she is in this. She's just a love interest who always gets like damsel left behind, and yeah, she's literally the damsel interest, and. It kind of ruins it because, like, obviously, Mi- Michaela, who Megan Fox, Fox played, the whole point of her character was she was, she always, like, she the damage in the chest. She actually does stuff. She was, like, a mechanic. She tortured that um, one um, Decepticon and then, then made really? him a bitch. Yeah, like, next. so it always, like, there's a lot more depth to her character, whereas this one's a bit more one dimensional. And like so, the fact that pretty much just a random character is put in straight away, it kind of just ruined it. Like if it was Michaela, we had more like uh, investment into her like safety because obviously the whole point is that this character she gets captured, doesn't she? Mm. That if it was Michaela getting captured, we'd have more of a reaction. That's what I think. I feel like that, that, that was it. Obviously, would have asked the, the plot would have probably changed drastically because obviously McKay is always built as this sort of essentially uh, a, a petrol head. Is it what you usually refer to as like uh, people involved with cars and whatnot? Uh, yeah. Obviously, well, it would be a bit weird mm-hmm. her being in the situation. Obviously, what this character thinks because obviously she's quite high in this company essentially. So it'd be a bit weird. Obviously, the, the whole plot would aspect of that would probably have to change slightly, but. Other than that, obviously, I do see what you're saying. It does, as I said, the bit at the end with the rings when obviously it's not marriage, but it's like a hint at what could come. It doesn't feel as hard hitting as it would have been with them too, for the fact they've been together yeah. since the first invasion. So yeah, and like also, this is the last time we'll ever see Sam Witwicky, even though yeah, the real actor is a bit of a dick in real life, but the character himself was like kind Good of staple to the Transformers. Yeah, I think, and, it, I think um, it dies off screen. Uh, but it's yeah. written into it that he just dies off screen. Like the whole family. So, like, that's the ending of it. Like, I, it's kind of a shit ending for him. It's like, it's not, yeah. this isn't more of the movie's fault. It's, it's more, the next yeah. movie's fault. Because there's like it's just gone. But it still impacts this film. Obviously, by, because, that, like, by that point, it's when it's stuff just, started happening in real life. But yeah. So obviously, he had no. Yeah, their choice of not bringing him back. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I, I do like some of the new characters that they bring in, obviously, some of the other ones, like John Malkovich's character. 
I thought he's quite funny. Just for the fact that he's got loads of pictures of himself like in fighting positions randomly across his office. For no other mm. reason. And then when he gives him like choose a box bum would be that was quite humorous. I do, I do like his character. Then uh, obviously Alex's favourite character, uh, Wang. Uh Jerry Wang, who's only in it very shortly. And obviously he's played by uh Ken Young, who I believe, if I remember correctly, was in uh, Step Brothers we did last year. Yes. He was like one of the the ones trying to hire him, wasn't he? Yeah, he was also in Endgame. He was the yeah, um, he was the security guard in Endgame. But uh, yeah, obviously he's only a very short while, but he brings that sort of humor that he brought to the Hangover movies. Yeah. The fact that he's just been a real creep and just staring at Sam from a distance, like standing behind a woman as she's trying to use her fucking uh, printer, and he's like, "I'm next." It's really super creepy. And then he like corners him in the toilet. Was walking out on buckling his trousers back up, like, What are you looking at? <laughs> and on top of that, he's got two freaking pistols somewhere on his per- person. So when he gets attacked, he just pulls them out and goes full crazy on them and just tries to shoot uh, a Decepticon. And just no, doesn't. I liked his character, I thought he was quite funny. And of course, the, the, the other new character that's the best in this movie fucking Dutch Alan Turnick, mm. however you pronounce his last name, I can't, don't know, pronunciations. Um, He's just the best for the fact that he can go from like this like really calm, normal character to just like a beast like the flick of a switch. That is just genius. Well, mm, I agree. Obviously, Sam's yeah. not the only one who returns from the other ones as well because there is obviously yeah. uh, Epps comes back. Obviously, uh, Tari Skipson, uh, Lennox, uh, Josh Dunhelm. Uh, what's his bloody name? Uh, Simmons. Yeah. I said his basically, name before recording. The military guys are back for the, the, la- the, la- for the back. last time until yeah. last night, I believe it is. One of them comes back. It's obviously Josh, oh. Dunha- Josh Dunhelm comes back in that one. But he's the only one. So I think that's, oh, the, well. I think that's like the first like major return in the franchise after this movie is that his character in that one. Mm. That's it. Because <laughs> literally every character that you've got used to in these three movies completely gone yeah, which is why to us this is a trilogy because the other two yeah. films they're kind of just more of a duology on what we've got. yeah they, 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 they follow on but they don't do justice to what this trilogy did for the franchise in my opinion because this is like the peak of Transformers for a, a good Ooh. what this film came out in 2011 uh, the last good one came out was it was 2018, I believe it was. So it was a good seven yeah. years difference before a good Transformers movie came out. I believe it was. Yeah, because 2017 was last night. 2014 was Age of Extinction. So yeah, it's a good seven years before we got a, a decent, solid Transformers movie. If not, probably one of the better ones. Mm. So, obviously, that's why I sort of do like this, because it just go out on a high before they fuck it all up. Yeah. Obviously, like, it, it do, yeah, it does obviously dwindle a bit inside you because you know you gotta wait like seven years before you get a good one. It does have that in your like, inside you. He's like, yeah, this is good, but I know what's coming next. So I'm kind of like upset that it's over. Maybe that's why Michael Bay made this film so long. He knew what was coming after this. He's like, I'm gonna fuck this franchise up, so I better make this as long as possible to make people like go, please that end, please that end, please that end, please that end. Like I've only seen up to about, I've only seen up to this film. This now. one, yeah. Um, so, you know, 
like I think it would have been a good ending for this, just in this movie itself. Yeah. Like, if the franchise stopped, you know. And then if they carried on after, then that's fine. But like, so they could done they could done spin offs instead. Yeah, like uh, mm-hmm. the Beast. Yeah, Be- Beast Wars. Dinobots and all that. Yeah. I think that would have been better. But like from what I've heard from you guys, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it's it's mediocre to a mess at times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it, I, it, like each how we say it is like after this, basically the next film is bad. And the one after that is even worse. They become just so like obviously cash grabby yeah. and just boring. And I don't, I, I, I don't mind the next universal. one as much, but it's not great. It's just the one after that. I just it's see. Just, mm. I can't. I just, I just don't like the cast. I honestly, I think like Mark Wahlberg, he was probably one of the worst choices. For it, because he just he doesn't seem to fit in. He's in it for the action. In that so world. that's why. Yeah, like action, yeah, but like everything else, just it doesn't feel right. I mean, I think it's because we got so used to Sam, like Sam, and even though, like, like we all know the real actor, he's basically like a massive knobhead. But just do it. Like some kind of similar like character to Sam. Probably would have worked yeah. better. I think that's why they changed it, though, really, because the fact that you, there's no point in replicating what you've already got. You may as well try and do something different, which is what they tried to do, which they failed to do. Yeah. I think it's not just that fact. I think it's the fact that it's the idea of it's the same thing over and over again. And by that point, after this one, because this took it to the oh. limit in terms of the action, the destruction, this took it to the point where it hasn't been yet. And by the point of the next one, it obviously... Though there is aspects of it that are interesting and uh, decent to watch, it's that fact and the fact that they stick to the really long run times, which you don't really necessarily need. Obviously, they do it in the no. next one a lot, mainly just to try and build up uh, interest in this, these new characters for the fact that they're new. You need that length to try and like get adapted to these new yeah. surroundings. That's Ooh. why that's that length. But it just it's it's it's. I've always stated with franchises. In general, I don't mind if, like, say, like a trilogy, you get the same director to deal with a trilogy, but like spin-offs and later installments, I always say the director should step down. Maybe step in, stay in as producer. Be like Spielberg with uh, Indiana Jones, what he's doing, he's stepping back and he's just being producer on the next Indiana Jones, so he knows what mess he made with uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So he knows to yeah. step back and let someone else take over, someone with a different look on the franchise and yeah, perspective, different perspective there. So I, I do feel like after this, Michael Bay should just go into the produ- uh, producer side of it and they should have got someone else in to continue yeah. it on, which yeah. is why I'm looking forward to Transformers uh, 6 because though it's not like it's not continuing on fully, I think it's like set in the same universe, but it's not fully continuing on from last night, I believe. Um, mm. It's got a different director behind it. I think it's my, I swear it has two directors behind it or something like that. So I'm interested to see their vision on it because they got... I think his name's Travis Knight. They got him for Bumblebee, and we got a different look on this universe with that. So I like that aspect. Uh, so, but I do. I don't mind the director having his trilogy. I, I like to see them complete their journey with this trilogy. But after that, mm. if they don't change it up enough, and it's just that same formula 
over and over again, that's when it starts to get a bit stale. Which is obviously why I, I was interested in uh, seeing Snyder's uh, DC one complete. So obviously he's sent team to be different each time and uh, how they're done. So it's not the same uh, cash grabbing hack and slash each time. Whereas yeah. Transformers after this becomes that same cash grab hack and slash. Same thing. Robots coming down. Oh, fight, fight, fight. Optimus having to be the leader. Beat them all up. Human getting involved. It's the same sort of thing over and over again. Which that and the aspect of constant slow motion explosion and whatnot. It just gets a little stale. Which is why I'm sort of glad um, Turtles uh, ducked out after the second one. Because obviously we saw that inst- quite early. The same sort of... Uh, though they changed the aspects of the film. They changed it completely. It was just our complaints about it. Uh, mm. If that carried on as long as this, I feel like it would have been the same aspect. It would have just oh, gone yeah, down definitely. if they didn't switch it up. Which is why I think they did good with the first two of those. Because they had two different directors. It wasn't the same director each time. It's two different people with two different visions, which is why it was a different type of movie each time. And obviously, yeah. if he kept to the same sort of stylistic of that one and just changed it up into his vision, obviously that would have been a lot better, which is what I, what I would have liked with the next ones after this, is if they kept sort of Bay's obviously vision of it, he sort of maybe do throw in some like aspects of slow motion every now and again just to hint at what was the franchise's core look at it, but do change it up enough that it's not mm. the same thing so that, that there yeah. is that yeah there's also the fact that as well like one thing they've got to consider as well is to make sure the the new director to put in is a good director because like do you know like the shrek films the first two shrek films are amazing they are like absolute masterpieces like it's not even me joking i truly like the second one's amazing and then you get the third one which are new directors and it's just an obvious cast grab it just grow like really like obviously grotesque child humor. Whereas the first two, there was a lot more like adult, adult theme to it. And there was a lot more heart. Whereas the second one, the third one had no heart. And it just, it was so obviously soulless cash grab. And that's why I think when they made the fourth one, they were like, okay, we'll change how we do this. Let's make this fully heart. And it worked. There's not much humour, but... It worked more. It still, the fourth one was a lot better because it got to the whole put what made Shrek amazing. Like the mm. first two films about identity. But like, the first one, but he's not, he feels not worthy of Fiona. Second one, he feels that he's not worthy of Far, Far Away. And the third one, he, well, he's going to be a dad. That's it. That's his goal. But then the fourth one's about him getting all of this life and the whole like they use like comparisons between Shrek Free and saying like Shrek's life now is all like kiddie friendly and obviously cash grabby, but he wants to go back to that gritty side that, that yeah. Shrek and one two were. And I think you gotta make sure you get the right directors. Yeah, I think the Definitely. best I think the best example for something like this is the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park franchise. So obviously yeah. Spielberg had his hands on the first two. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one, masterpiece. Second one, not as good. And the third one, obviously not as good as well. Obviously it goes downhill. But they benched the franchise, which is what they could have done after this. They could have benched it for a while to draw interest back into it. Because obviously then yeah. uh, with Jurassic World, Spielberg didn't direct. He got the Colin Trevorrow to direct. And he was on set though. He was there giving guidance of how you would do this. And though Jurassic World is basically the same film as Jurassic Park, but with actual people on the uh at the park and obviously 
they've just altered like, a few things, adding like the hybrid scenarios and whatnot. Those have added these all aspects to it to this like movie. It's basically the same, a bit like Force Awakens, same movie, but with new aspects added to it, which is mm. why that was so successful. Which is why it grossed over a billion dollars at the box office. Uh, and then yeah. obviously Fallen Kingdom came out. Though it wasn't as uh, critically reviewed as the first, uh, Jurassic World, in my opinion, it's the better of the two. Um, it had obviously, again, a different director, but I don't think Spielberg was hands-on with that one. Uh, mm. But he still had hands on the franchise. So there's this aspect that Bay stepping back, they benched the franchise for a, a good, I don't know, uh, 10 years maybe, something like that. So but so maybe it it would come back this year if they did that. So basically, this was a lot. So this is the last one in 2011, and next one would be t- now 2021. Uh, then people would be like, okay, I remember Transformers growing up. Obviously, it was a mixed bag of a trilogy, but mm. they're entertaining. Okay, let's go back and watch this now. Obviously, then that would draw yeah. people in more, which is why I think obviously after this, it's sort of though it, obviously yeah. still earns the moolah. I think the next one did really quite well at the box office. It's the one after that. That didn't do well, and obviously even then Bumblebee, because Bumblebee was riding on the badness of the previous instalments. People weren't as interested going to see an actual good entry in the franchise. Yeah, that I think like if they hadn't have done the last two, like the next two movies, uh, well, I mean, at, at least the break and then no, Bumblebee. Yeah, at least not done the last night. If they did uh age of extinction and they could that they could have end that's thing is that's where they could have ended it really as well age of extinction when he blasts off at the end that could have been a way of ending it like him going home and then ending it yeah. for now then obviously doing say bumblebee to go back in time and relook at stuff and then come back into the franchise and do yeah. a better rendition of last night with a better setting basically what i also think as well what they should have done is they should have used someone from the previous three films as the main like head character, yeah, and not some random person we don't know. Like for example, the the main military guy. Yeah, the one who comes back in last they night, Josh O'Neill. They could have used him, but like he's retired. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. cool. I like that. Aspect. That'd be cool. Or bring Megan Fox back. I was to say, I'll uh, probably go Megan Fox first. Well, they, at, at, at the time, she was like, doing the Teenage Mutant Turtles, wasn't she? Yeah, that's why. But like, if if like they didn't do the turtles. And that was Michael Bay's apology to her. Yeah, because the first Turtles came out the the same year as the fourth Transformers. And Mm. the the second Turtles came out the year before the fifth Transformers. So obviously she probably wouldn't have been able to do it. But obviously I do agree with the whole aspect of that could have focused after this on him. Because obviously over the course of these three films, all we've got to show of him is his military side. There hasn't been that much about him shown on screen. He's just been shown yeah. as a soldier. That that's it. And it would have been cool after that uh, to show more about him. Maybe he's got, obviously show his family because he's got a family. We've seen yeah. in the first, mm. the, people may forget, but in the first film, he had a family, he had a wife and a daughter, a newborn mm. baby. And we haven't heard anything about him ever since that yeah. first movie. Because we could still do this parental like storyline they had in, in that film with him and his daughter. Because the daughter would be grown up now, wouldn't she? Uh, yeah, so if the first one was, let's say, 2007-ish. Uh, it should be about... It depends how old the baby was in the first one. Yeah. Can, yeah. That, way, that way you can make him more... Like, it basically would be similar to Izzy in the, the last Transformers film. The similar aspect yeah. of the young younger kid rather than obviously his rebellious teenage. sort of teenage, younger adult. Yeah. I, 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 
We should write movies for fucking these companies. We've got better ideas than what they do after this fucking movie. Yeah. It would be so fun to explore his character because it's still a connection that we have. Yeah. The first few films. Because, like, obviously, the other connection we had was Optimus Prime in that film and, that's like, and the other ones. But he was the main connection we had. But I think we need some more human side connections. Yeah, because then, like, an idea would have been. Because uh, obviously in the next one, obviously Mark Wahlberg finds he buys obviously the what he thinks is just a normal truck, doesn't he? Yeah. It would have been interesting if he hid, uh, Prime like he was hiding there. He was hiding somewhere. Yes. In the fallout, and he was hiding Prime, and obviously eventually they find him and they come after him, and he has to team up with Prime again, like to fight back. Ah, oh, man, they missed so out on such a fucking good idea. Mark Wahlberg because he's a big big money shot, and you're well. He, uh, like the, the, I think it was a year before he worked with Wahlberg on that painting game with the rock and Anthony Mackie. Mm. He worked on him in that true, sto- uh, true story film, I think it was. So obviously that's probably why he chose Wahlberg because he'd worked with him. Mm. You always find that with directors. They usually end up working mm. with very similar people. Like I stated uh, when I was saying that some this like trilogy of good Mark Wahlberg films, uh, it, that was the same director. And even the two other films he did after that, which weren't mm. fully true story based, it was the same director. Warburg basically works with this exact same director for basically most of the th- his films he does. So that's obviously why probably uh, Ma- uh, Michael Bay went with Warburg after this. He was like, okay, I work with him. I know him. He's obviously we, we work well together. We'll, I'll get him to do it. Obviously, some uh, aspects of him in that film are good, but it's just obviously other aspects aren't. Yeah, it's like hit, it's hit what... and miss. Yeah, they went for more like this is like more marketable. Using Mark Wahlberg, whereas he's not other guy like the, the Mitch guy. He probably won't be as marketable, but story-wise, would have worked so much better. Good answer. Yeah, I just bet, I just bet the next film, <laughs> this film, we're on about. Yeah, that actor's got screwed up completely. Recently, his yeah. TV show got cancelled on Netflix, and there this. Oh. <laughs> God. He could have had it so much better. Yeah. Anyway, we need to get back to this film. We're completely yeah. off topic. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just dissecting and making our own franchise. Oh, I'll tell you what some of the films in the future for me. We're literally talking about the next film. Well, we haven't like, spoiled too much for it, to be fair. We're just like pointing out characters and whatnot. Character flaws and... Yeah. We haven't really spoiled anything. Don't worry, Alex. There's, there's, there's two hours and 40 minutes to the next film that we could spoil for you. And there's two hours and... I think 20 or 30 of the last film we can spoil for you right now if you want. <laughs> Save you yeah. the hassle. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, one thing I do like with this movie, though, uh, back to this one, is the uh, it's the first time as well we've actually seen like the Human and Decepticons union. Like, they had yeah. the hybrid in the last one. That we, obviously, that wasn't a human. It was just like they designed this uh, Decepticon with like a human skin. But it's the first time, obviously, an actual human has willingly worked with Decepticons to try and be this sort of big dog. Obviously, doesn't, but... I like mm. that aspect of this movie as well, because it's, it's the first time we've actually been able to see something like that. I agree, because yeah. the whole point is, like, he's basically the opposite to Sam. Yeah. Mm. Sam's been aligned with, like, the Dilton for like, such a long time, and he's been aligned with the Decepticons for a long time. It's just they've hid their motives where he's been, like, out saving the world. And I do like the whole using him. Like, he's just... Because that's off, like, he's, like, the character he's jealous of. But at the end, he's still better because he lined himself with the Autobots. He didn't succumb to, like... Yeah. Fear and greed like he did. I liked greed. that, like, addition. 
That's just the first time as well we've witnessed a big betrayal. Obviously, Sentinel yeah. starts, they bring him back. He's Autobot, and then he just betrays and blows Ironhide away. Rest in peace, Ironhide. You're my, you were my favourite. That's probably why this franchise goes down for me afterwards. My favourite <laughs> boy's gone. And they they, no, they bring in my other favourite boy. Uh, he doesn't speak, which is upsetting. Uh, but uh, obviously, that's the another first thing we got to see, because obviously the first two films, the first film was obviously Megatron's the main bad guy. Uh, the second one was obviously The Fallen, uh, who was obviously above Megatron and all his Decepticons. Whereas this one, it's Sentinel, who's the top dog, who is an Autobot, but now he's yeah. Decepticon because he wants his world back. He knew they mm. were going to lose, so he betrayed the the cause to save yeah. his own world. I like as well, like, basically, he's like, this whole concept of an Autobot actually being Insecticon is basically foreshadowed in the second film with, obviously, um, uh, Wheeler. Yeah. And uh, Jetfire. Jetfire being Insecticons who are actually Autobots now. And that whole idea that can change allegiance and not just to you have to be a Decepticon, you have yeah. to be an Autobot. It's I, quite cool. I don't think, though, that he is obviously being a Decepticon. I think he's still being an Autobot. He's just yeah. using so them like, as his own what, weapon. I mean, he's not a Decepticon, but he's aligned with yeah. them you can change allegiance like it's not like it's not set in like stone you, you, you it's can't not, not chiseled into his arm like it's no, no it's more of a just a patch yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just sticks a sticky note over the top of it a decepticon symbol on it <laughs> it blows away oh shit sharpie draws one on but uh what's the thing on the Oh, that, that bit as well. As I said to you, it's just quite a funny foreshadow, which you said, obviously used the word. The bit at the start when they're wheelie and they're brains, the obviously new little guy, another duo partnership of comedy. Yeah, uh, the bit when they're watching TV, uh, brains watching uh, Star Trek and wheelie comes in and goes, oh, it's almost spot goes crazy. I've seen this one like a load of times. I said to you, that's ironic for the fact that uh, Sentinel Prime was voiced by the late Leonard Nimoy. And he basically goes from a good guy, go crazy, to become a bad guy. And I was just like that Star Trek episode where Spock is a good guy, goes crazy and sort of acts like a bad guy. I, yeah. I like that foreshadowing. There's a really cool bit of foreshadowing there. No, it's, it's one of those ones where it's meta foreshadowing. Yeah. Where you've got to know, basically, that episode of Star Trek and the actors that they do and their voices to know that that's what's happening. And it's, it's one of those ones where you only realise it after like your second or third watch, and it's quite useful. Yeah, I don't, quite... think, I've, I don't think I've ever spotted it before, really. Yeah, I'm really... now. Yeah, analyzing it. Yeah, and I like those foreshadows, the ones where like you don't realize it's happening. Only when like you watch it again, the game like, oh my god, but that happened there the entire time. I love it. Agreed. I've spotted mm. many in the past year that I've gone, oh shit, yeah. I didn't notice that. That's cool. That's really... We're going to put that down in a little note here just in case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also like the plot point of them, the humans, even though it's the most stupidest thing you could ever do. Cause oh, yeah. The, the exiling of the Autobots. Because mm. though it's obvious the Decepticons are going to betray you. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the Autobots weren't there, you'd be all dead. Yeah. I, I like yeah. the idea of them going, the fear getting into them going, okay, you've got to go now. You've got to get out of here. Or else our world's dead, even though it's going to die anyway. You know, yeah. it's like a stupid like human decision, but I like that sort of plotline of humans just caving into this fear. Yeah. 
it, it, obviously the whole point is this is basically what's happening with um the the bad human guy who, who lines the Decepticons. Yeah. Basically, what his whole family they succumbed to fear of the Decepticons by being that try and be loyal to them, and yeah. but the whole point is these humans they they see the Autobots as ones bringing Decepticons. That they're the reason for this war, when really they're going to come here anyways. Yeah, basically. But the whole plot point is they were going to use Earth anyways. It's only because. Obviously, that shit got destroyed. That he crash landed. That it never happened. But the fact that we've got the Autobots here now, saving. We we want them by your side and not like flying away while you still get yeah. In the, the, the best way to explain it is um Simmons. He literally says like it's, it's like a, it's a no brainer. Why like Decepticons? Yeah, they, and it's their own fight, but. It's one of those ones where you haven't got to pick a side because you know you're going to go with the ones that aren't trying to spank you. Yeah, basically. So, uh, that's why I like, obviously, because they keep that sort of idea in the next one, don't they, with the whole hunting yeah. Autobots. They keep that plot point in there, sort of, which is one of the things I do like with that one. They kept the, that sort of idea going, which is one thing I liked. But obviously, Continuity. there's a lot of issues that fuck it completely. Um, the Obviously, thing we brought up as well, the whole, it's obviously the start of the film, we have the whole Apollo the origins for the reason of them wanting to go to the moon in the first place. It's not just because I wanted to like just go one small step for man, that's one giant leap for mankind. Uh, it's obviously Holy shit, giant robot. <laughs> obviously the whole <laughs> idea is the fact that they uh, intercepted the signal of the obviously the ship bed to crash. So they went, okay, uh, Armstrong, uh, Aldrich, and I can't remember the other basically the space guys who went up in right. the, uh, <laughs> the ones who like, two of them actually do appear in this. They obviously went mm. like, Jeff, at least uh, CGI JFK was like, okay, let's go back to the moon. Let's go to the moon, shall we? Uh, let's start a mission. Took that long that he became a fucking, what's his name? Um, what's the president? What's the other president? That was in it. Nixon. Yeah, Nixon. Richard Nixon, that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the I can think of as the future armor version of him. Um, uh. But yeah, obviously, then like, they obviously get the astronauts in the like, okay. We're going to the moon. It's a secret mission. You're going up there. At first, you'll be on camera. Then the cameras are cut, and we'll be doing, in we'll be in your ears, telling you everything that's going on. And obviously, they go up. They cut the feed. They're like, oh, okay, okay. Well, our signals to the spaceship. Uh, just give us a few moments. And I was, yeah. <laughs> they go. I was they did the whole ship thing, and obviously they find the the obviously the, the destroyed Autobots and whatnot, and they're like. Uh, yeah, we've got no life signals up here. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing that voice for. Um, <laughs> like, we've got, no, we've got no, obviously, life signals here. It's okay. Uh, but there's a giant-ass ship up here. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it was all then covered up, whatnot. Sector 7 came around. But I like that merging of the real, the reasoning why Apollo even happened. It's because of the Autobots crashing on the moon. I like that. That was really nice. Nice little addition. I agree, yeah. I mean, I always like when films and shows do that. Like, when they they put their own logic into a real-world event. Like, how um, they put, like, the whole reason between, for, um, what was it, Agatha Christie going missing in Doctor Who, it was because of the, the, the Vespica and the Wasp, the big, big Wasp guy. Oh, and, I thought it was that film, episode. I was like, yeah. wait, is that the one with the wasps? <laughs> yeah. that, that's 
like that is genius. Like the fact that that happened and that like even in that show, fucking like Donna inspires her to write about Miss Marple. So I love it because yeah. the whole point is it's like it's real world events, but it's for their own spin. Like yeah. that could have been how it happened. Like how would your imagination go wild? Because you can think of other like events, and you can think, oh, maybe the Transformers had a hand in that, and you could your own little way in how that happened. Yeah, which is seen in yeah. the last night with the uh, whole fact the Nazi Germany they got involved. The Transformers didn't helped obviously fight back against the Nazis. Like that whole yeah. aspect, I do like those sort of little subtle things. It's like a really nice little stamp. Mm. Uh, uh, thumbs up for me. I like those sort of things. Yeah, or well, it's like um, in Defenders, and they talked about like certain like natural disasters, and it's like the hand was behind yeah. this. That's that's like a really cool aspect. And they they use like those kind of things to show the how extreme the situation is right now. And it always adds more like depth to like the whole situation, what's gonna happen and yeah. that's, that could happen. Exactly. I think one of the cool things of this film as well is obviously the the ending of the film. Obviously where Optimus is having to fight Sentinel after everything's going clusterfuck and whatnot, everything's being destroyed, everyone's getting involved. It's literally Chicago's being wiped out by a giant worm and Giant uh, Leviathan Tatari ships. Um, yeah. A year before Avengers happened, I might add. And uh, uh, oh my god, we didn't stole them. <laughs> obviously, yeah, everything's getting destroyed. Whatnot. Optimus have to beast mode for everything. Everyone's getting involved. The uh, uh, the brainy guy gets destroyed. Uh, Bumblebee's all sags. You think he's gonna get executed? I think that would have been. Yeah. That obviously would have been like a, a bad thing to do for the fact that. Bumblebee's like one of the selling points of the film. I think it would have been really interesting if they did kill him at that point. I'd be like, yeah, they went, oh, they, they went far enough to kill Ironhide, my boy. Like, it would have been really intriguing to how they would have worked. Like, Bumblebee getting shot, like Prime's reaction. I think it would have been cool if he come down and went full rage and like just yeah. worked. That would have been really interesting to have seen. I'm glad it didn't happen because Bumblebee's yeah. like the, the the selling point is what makes the rest of this franchise actually watchable. But I mean. I kind of, I wanted to see like another yeah. universe where it happened. Do you recall that if he did die, and in the next film, that they brought him back, but he's under the control of of uh, Megatron. Galvatron, yeah. Galv, yeah, what will be Galvatron? But I'm gonna call him Megatron because he's not at that film yeah. yet. But for now, like, but he's under that control. Like, yeah. and it would be more impactful because, like, you got this main character, and he's like, he's now just been ruined because, like, he's now evil and. It's, You'd be more impactful. Yeah, they could, they could ch- also change his like design slightly, like kept the same sort of idea, yeah. to, like, the color scheme and everything. But I mean, design wise, they could change him slightly. To, more, to, yeah, to fuck with more, like Optimus. Evil. Yeah, yeah, that would. Oh, yeah. And, and they could, could always like do a thing up, where yeah. he, he like, uh, like Optimus manages to break his control. Yeah, a bit like we'll be back. A bit like in the. Oh, that would have worked so well because then, because obviously in the last one. Yeah. The last film, obviously, the same thing happens with Prime. Obviously, and that whole snapping has to be from Bumblebee's perspective. It would have made sense then because he helped him. So yeah. he, oh, they, yeah, they fucking also, missed out. Bumblebee, and Bumblebee would have to live with the fact that he probably killed a few people. Oh, that that have that as well. That would have been. You mean fucking... what you can do? Man, oh, that would have been cool. But anyway, uh... we should do the job. Yeah, we should, <laughs> we should hire us. We know what we're doing. Um. 
But yeah, I, oh. I like with the the bit is uh, what I'm saying is obviously they think over. Obviously, Prime's getting his ass handed to him by a uh, sentinel. His arms, as you say, literally been ripped off his shoulder. Which obviously we've seen Prime die once, but I mean he's now armless. He's like yeah, he was disarmed. He's pretty much. He looks like he's gonna die. Cause Sentinel's about to stab him. Then Megatron has been conv- like. That's what I've, that's what I'm thinking. Obviously, with the the love interest in this one. Obviously, yeah. the good thing she does is she manipulates Megatron. She obviously she, she just she tricks him. She called him his bitch. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're yeah. the Sentinel's bitch now, and obviously he comes in. I like that scene when he's just running and he starts shooting. And obviously, he destroys yeah. Sentinel, yeah. and then he's like, okay, just me and you, Prime, and Prime, one arm just beats the ever living crap out of Megatron, destroys Slash him, face. and face fini- finishes off Sentinel. I like that aspect of Megatron just going getting his ass kicked yeah. after saving Prime. And Prime just being able to do this with only one art hand. That, that this shows how good Prime really is. Obviously, he wouldn't have helped. It only made, obviously, went into motion because of Megatron's action. The Megatron just fucked himself, basically. Because he just had the whole idea of he wants to be king. The Earth is his, not Sentinel's. Sentinel is more like his bitch than anything. Like Starscream yeah. was, who's now dead as well. Yeah. Is that, is is Prime and Bumblebee the, the only two that come back after this? I know Ratchet comes back for a short scene in the next one, but isn't Prime? Isn't this like the they're, they're the only two that actually come back? Um, I've not seen it. So I think like one or two come back like, in very short scenes, but I mean in terms of main character, I think those are the only two left standing now, aren't they? From especially from the original, like from from the original first three films, really, they're the only ones that go all the way. Back, like, yeah, I know of the the uh, big guy from this one is also the next one, but I don't think he's all the way like the rest. He's pretty much just up. Is to it, the I think it's the voice actor with that one. I don't think it's the same Transformer. I think it's just the I voice actor. I think. It's, I don't. Oh think... yes, yes, he's the same voice actor, but he's a different accent. Remember, yeah. like this one's more Cockney, whereas that one is more like a redneck. I remember now, like a big uh, American bruiser. Yeah, I think it's... The Vilgax, the voice? The, um, I think. Not not the actual Vilgax, but... I mean, oh, like, yeah. The, um, it's Bill Gax in Omniverse. Yeah. The human that looks exactly like Vilgax. It, I think it's the same kind of voice they use yeah, for Yeah, I think it's just a different, obviously, design and whatnot. Obviously, it's a different character entirely. Basically, yeah. yeah. But it's... So, basically, on Optimus and Bumblebee... The, the last two standing. The bring back. Yeah. And... Kind of also ruins it because, like, they're the only ones from the rest of those three films, so we that's even more connections we had to the original. I say, that's to be fair, though, by now they've eradicated most of the OG cast. Then, as I say, up to, as this movie ends, the only three left standing from the first film are Bumblebee, Optimus, and Ratchet. Mm-hmm. And Ratchet only comes back for a brief scene at the start of the next movie, which I'm not going to spoil too much for Alex here. I want to keep the whole. The big spoilers for that film, Quiet. I remember that. But yeah, uh, these are the, the I've got cramp in my leg. Uh, these are the only uh, ones left standing, which is, as you say, it's kind of a shame, but obviously it shows how much have died since. Yeah, it's like, I guess it does, it helps, like, um, give off that whole war vibe of, yeah. but, like, they are, like, the whole point is they are, are always losing the war. They have they have major victories, but they always the ones that suffer the yeah. Like cost. with the first one, then was victorious at the end, but at the end of the day they lost ja- uh, jazz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This mm. one, they at the end of the day they were victorious. They lost Ironhide. 
and yeah. uh, the brainy one. Mm. It's like, the whole point is like that they're always outnumbered. Yeah, no matter how much they win, they always lose somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, like Thunderbird Day, you can't save everybody. Yeah, I like this one. I think with this one as well, uh, it has some a be- some better cinematography in terms of action. Because I had issues with the, the the sort of angling of the camera in the first two, but I think this one has better angling. Though there is some obviously points where it's obviously focused on the humans during the fights. I think overall it has a lot more on screen for the action, which is a lot better than what the previous two movies offered, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like another thing that I'd give the film props is the fact that they didn't shy away from actually focusing on the humans. Yeah, like, there's a lot of focus on the humans. I think that's Probably why it was longer. Than, um, more focused than the actual Autobot. Yeah, I think that's why it was a bit longer, to be fair, because I put a lot of focus into trying to rain out Sam's character, who's now, yeah. uh, you know, a, a man. We basically... started the franchise as a boy, now he's a man. Yeah, watching him grow up, basically. Yeah. That's what I like with this trilogy. That's why I highly rate this trilogy, because it does good development with him. Mm. And it probably like what we say, it would be even better if Michaela was there. Yeah, because I fully rained out the act. That unfortunately back like At least we've still got the mum and dad the back. Things that we can't do. Yeah, at least they're back. They're still the best. Yeah, they're still they're, they're still funny. <laughs> they're, they're, still, yeah, but they're not in it for that long though, are yeah, they? Yeah, but they're still yeah. making impact when they're in the dad sitting on the, the side of a freaking uh, steps while his son's trying to do a job interview while stuffing his face with food. And his wife's <laughs> just like, come yeah. on. They're, they're, uh, they're only briefly they are still funny when they're in it as I say mm. it, the more the focus on this film is mainly uh, Sentinel and obviously Sam more than anything and the human bad guy yeah. those are the more centre focuses of this film so I imagine if the next film was, was more focused on them and them dealing with the loss of Sam a lot, there's a lot of versions the next yeah. two could have gone but yeah, because they have shown that when it comes to doing serious, yeah, they, they can, can do serious. And they are quite good at it. Like, so. when, like when Sam, on two occasions in this movie, thought he was going to lose Bumblebee, it went really yeah. serious. Yeah. That would have been quite useful to do. Because so, they have the comedy and they yeah. have the big moments. Like, there are better ways they could have done it. Yeah. But that's for next week. Yeah. Uh, I think we, I think we've uh, said a piece and then obviously gone off topic massively and how we're doing. St- I, I think we've got about twenty minutes on topic, twenty minutes off topic, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> okay, it's so a pick a favourite moment, shall we? Uh, I've got a choice mm. of three here, so I'm gonna name up the two that I was gonna choose and then the one I did choose. So one obviously was the when Prime went this destructive during that final battle when he's taking it multiple opponents. When he got his blades out, wiping them up. I like that because it reminded yeah. me of obviously when he died in the last film. He went full beast mode, destroying everything left, right, and center. Uh, the other one, obviously, is when Megatron saves Prime because obviously that's impactful for the fact that obviously he could just let him die here, then take Sentinel there, but he doesn't. He does a, he obviously saves Prime. Just then Prime could just duff him in, but you know, I thought that was quite a cool scene. And But the one I'm going to give it to is. How how Simmons puts it best, the uh, Dutch get back in the cage. <laughs> they in the Russian bar with the guy from fucking Spider Man, the Spider Man trilogy, the guy you you know rent rent guy, and uh, Dutch grabs that shotgun, punches that uh, bartender in the face, and then pulls out two guns and starts aiming at everyone. And he just obviously uh, you got Simmons just yelling at him in German or whatnot, telling him to start 
uh, put it back in the cage and whatnot. And he's like, I'm so sorry. That's the old me. I'm sorry. I love, I love that scene. I just love Dutch as a character. I'm going to go with that scene. Uh, I, I like, I do like him. Like, that is a good scene. For me, I'd go for, just because the impact, like, emotionally wise, was the, uh, where Bubba Pete's about to get executed. I think the whole, like, the fact that Sam's, like, he, he wants to go save him and try and, like, use that weird, like, stick the brain guy had. Yeah, the bombs, yeah. But, yeah, but it was, like, it wasn't working. It broke, he's, yeah. Oh, he's getting upset, he's getting frustrated because he wants to help Bumblebee. And that moment where, like, he's looking at Bumblebee's eyes and... Bumblebee um, says something like, doesn't he say something yeah. like, uh, it's been a good, give him a good run or something like that. Yeah, and it was so good, like, I used to before. Like, they killed off Einheim, so there's a possibility that they could have killed him off here. Yeah. And you actually are worried that he will die. Because, I said, Bumblebee, basically, is the whole, like, the main connection between all the films. And he's, like, one of the best parts of it. And the the fact that we could lose him there is very fucking, like, tense. And it is, I did like that bit. And the way they saved it as well, saved him from it, was quite cool. Like, it wasn't more like coincidentally, it was more like accidental. Yeah, it, I liked it. I just, I just liked that bit. Yeah. Now, here we go. Ali talking about his favorite character yeah. and his moment between that, eh? The toilet scene. Uh,. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I can't I, 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 I gave you enough time before we started to think of this, Alex. I think I know. I think it was the same as yours, Tom. The the gun scene, the bar scene. Yeah, yeah. But I like that. I like the uh, uncouth. You know, the random switching yeah, from this, you know, calm gentleman to this yeah. brute. <laughs> it's a good scene, Alex. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yes. Time to write the ending of this decent trilogy before we get onto the crap fest of the next ones. Um, yeah. Okay, so just to sum it up, I think he's got some obviously better cinematography than the last two. Uh, CGI, though obviously the human side is a mess at times. The Autobot and Decepticon side, the robot basic side is spot on as usual. Uh, apart from the, the weaker of the end credit scores, uh, the score itself for the most of the parts of the movie is good and has a good beat to it. Um, action is probably the best it's been, uh, especially due to the destruction level of this movie. Um, yeah, a lot of the focus on the human side, as you stated, is a nice touch. So obviously, though it feels a bit too long, it adds that mm. extra oomph to it because it obviously does a lot of focusing on Sam and the villain and whatnot. Um, Ionide's death though it upsets me that he died. It was so impactful. Like Jesus, they just killed like one of the OGs off in there. And not, like, subtly. They, he just, like, rusted away and, like, disintegrated. And I was like, that's quite brutal, that is. Mm. That was really upsetting. But it, it, it was a nice ending after that Mexican standoff scene. That he, he pulled his yeah. ass to blow away these Decepticons and then he lost his life for it. That was really heartfelt. Mm. Um, and just overall, I think there's a lot of emotional moments in this movie. Though, obviously, he said the Megan Fox coming back, that would have been a lot even better. But mm. I still think overall, it still is a solid end to this trilogy. So 
I'm just going to stick with what I've been given the last two weeks. I still think 8 out of 10 is where this trilogy is at for me. It's yeah. just after this, it just... The day like that. Yeah, I, I agree. For me, like, yeah, it does drag on, and that does impact it. But the visuals, the, the story, the characters, they also bump it up. Like, if that deck date wasn't there, it'd be a 7. But because of that, it bumps it back up, back up to an eight. So, like I said, I think the first, these three films they're consistent. Yeah, and if they kept up the same kind of consistency with quality and characters, it probably the next ones would have been like at least close to there. But yeah. you know, this is okay, the last okay, time. Okay, what you're saying. Yeah, until Bumblebee, this is the last time Transformers was good. See, I think the next one does do the cinematography and the, the visuals well. Yeah. It's just a lot of the other stuff is a mess, and isn't it? The next one's the characters. Yeah. We'll get on to that more when we do that film. Yeah. Go on, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Consistent. Um, my rating for the film would be... Oh, I didn't hear the rating, so I can't judge off them. <laughs> uh, same as last week. We gave the same as last week. And wait for... Seven. Seven. Eight, nine. Yeah, like he had. Um... Don't start him again. You start him again. Like, as had, it a... had a lot of impactful moments, but I'm dropping Megan Fax, Fox. Fax. <laughs> Megan Fax. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a reason for it, but it, it doesn't make it sense. That's a good one, Alex. I like that. I like, I like that. Oh, is that know. is that a, uh, Michael Bag gave her a P forty five for a fax machine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, that gives a uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon HSK overall rating of seven point seven, the lowest of the three we give uh, overall so far. Even lower soon. <laughs> yep. um, okay, so quick down to the HSK MVP award. So this week's HSK MVP goes to. Dutch, played oh, by yeah. Alan Tadik. I don't know how he plans his last name. It's a weird spelt last name. Uh, but, just because he's such a good character. He's no, he's the most time. Yeah, he probably had what, like, what, it. maybe like 20, 25 minutes at most, like screen time. That just shows how good of a character he is. And the fact he comes into it, does his beast mode thing, and then still has these funny moments when he's on the computer. He's like, oh, this would be difficult for anyone else. I'm in. <laughs> I love how he says it though. He's like, I'm in instantly. He's like, oh, okay. I just love great. that character. Oh, difficult. Except for me. I'm in. Great, great character. Uh, yes, great. And the runner up award this week goes to one that Alex picked uh, because he's his yes. favourite character, which is uh, Jerry Wang, played by Ken Young. Who, <laughs> again, he's probably, only, he's probably in it less maybe than the uh, Dutch, oh, yeah, maybe. He goes very quickly, but I mean, he goes out of a bang. The scene when he just pulls out two pistols is so funny. The scene in the toilet itself was funny. All of it with him was very humorous, and yeah. he went out with a bang and was splat. I think he helped to add that mystery of like, what the yeah. fuck is going on with him? Because the whole like him being really creepy, like you don't know if he's a bad guy, if he's like a crazy guy trying to get help, or if he's just like. A random f- weird character. Yeah, you don't know. A mystery, very mysterious character who has no strip down his pants. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, how did you? Uh... Face. Yeah, that's... 
Yeah. Uh, Helen, you uh, thought you might go by uh, award time? Yes. Uh, it's like, it, there was two options we could have gone for. Because unlike the first two films, one thing I would give this film for, like, even though there was a bit at the start, mostly there wasn't that much over-sexualising. There was a bit at the, like, a bit at the start with the yeah, new character. The, the ass shot. But apart from that, there wasn't really that much. There was no slow motion boo jiggling. There was no like very obvious slow motion long cameras on Megan Fox's ass because she's not she's not here to do that anymore. So it's a lot less obviously Michael Bay simping over the main female character. So it mostly goes towards the slow motion scenes. And I think the what it could have been was the the bridge scene. Because that was quite like a lot, very much slow motion. The, um, the bad the green screen, Sam falling. That would be up there, but I think it has to go to. Um, was it was it a plane scene? Can I remember the plane or not? Oh, when they're falling at the plane. The one yes. I went, Michael Bay, yeah, slow that is, motion. That is <laughs> probably one of those. Yeah. That's one of the most slow motion scenes I've ever had in there. 100% agree with it. Another yeah. contender as well was, um, was, I think it was near the start where there was killing the Decepticons and there was this slow motion blood like coming up. Oh, well, Ironhide shot him. He shot the one yes. that makes him stand off. That's bl- also another yeah. contender as well because that is most slow motion. Yeah. But I do think the plane scene worked the most because that, that was like the slowest it's ever been yeah. and the longest it's ever been on the screen. And it was just that much Michael Bay. Yeah, I 100% agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, so my question of the day this week is kind of a bit of a stupid question, but uh, would you like Megan Fox back uh, to reign yeah. at this trilogy? Yes. yes. I would love it. I couldn't, like think, I I couldn't think of a question as for, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's just the most obvious what, uh, one you're going to get yeah. an answer for. Yes, like she would have put perfect in this film. But if not, she could have been used at later films yeah. as the main character, not Mark Wahlberg. But, you know, that's Hollywood. That is Hollywood get, for you, you lose some. <laughs> you get uh, some and you lose some. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's it for Chat Cave podcast this week. Join me and Hayden next week uh, because yeah. Alex uh, has work, so he's doing the rating part by himself and watching the movie oh. by himself. Me and Hayden get to chill together and watch it and then record together. But don't worry, Alex is there for the ratings, but the yeah. talking part is just me and Hayden. But either way, next week you're going to be covering uh, Transformers Age of Extinction, where the franchise dwindles. It had its mm-hmm. highs, and now it's time for its lows. Well, sorry, mediocre, then the lows. Um, it's decline. It's basically the, the, de- the next film is the decline. Yeah, it's the, it's the si- it's signal of it should stop here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I've been your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. I've been Geeky Bear, aka Alex. Checking and out. I've been I've been Megan Fox's biggest supporter. <laughs> <laughs> you'd you'd probably like that film when she's fighting a lion. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, lioness. <laughs> sorry, lioness. Yeah, specific. Um, pronouns. Okay, this been. Okay, podcast, and this has also been the end of the actual really good Transformers movies for a good few weeks. So, fuck you, Michael Bay, for ruining our childhood. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for the money. Bye. What money? <laughs> <laughs>